1: For those of you who are here on the first time, Easter is known for a couple things. Uh, One of them for me is it is the only time I wear a suit, jacket, uh, on a Sunday morning, and so you look amazing. Does your neighbor not look good? Come on, somebody. Your neighbor looks good. Even the kids are to the nines. That's how that saying goes. Uh, You look great. Hey, uh, I'm so stoked for what God put in my heart to share with you guys. We're going to try and keep it interactive. We're going to try and keep it fast going, energetic for the kiddos who are in the experience with you. If you do have kids, the idea is to be able to talk about the message with them when you're hanging out uh, with the rest of your family outside. It's going to be um, a lot of fun. He's living a living miracle. Oh, if you don't know this, by the way, there is that little camera right there. And so every Sunday, we live stream to Facebook. And we've been reaching thousands of people every Sunday. What's really cool is that if you have the Facebook app, you can actually get on your Facebook. You can go to the Journey Church page, and you can share this feed and invite your friends to Easter Sunday at Journey Church, which is pretty cool. You can do that. But we like to start our worship experience, or at least the sermon part, with a greeting. So will you help me greet all of our online attenders, all of our online guests? Love you. Sorry you couldn't make it, but we hope that the next 30 minutes will bless your life. Uh, I have a question. Say, what's your question? That's what we do with our kids. I have a question. My question is, somebody please tell me what rabbits and eggs have in common. Because I have been celebrating Easter for a long time, and I have seen these two things at absolutely every Easter celebration that I've had, but I have not been able to figure out why they are messing with the next generation's minds, okay? My son told me the other day, do rabbits come from eggs? I said, no, why would you say that? He said, Easter. I said, was undoing my education with my kids. Easter. Easter, they have, aside from Easter, they really do have nothing in common except for one similarity that they do share, and that is that both rabbits and eggs symbolize life. Rabbits have a ton of kids. I think they give birth the litters of 12 or 13 kits. That's what they call them. I did my research before I came to preach to you today. They call them kits. 12 or 13 kits every 30 days. Come on, women, you thought you had it bad. Come on. 12 to 13 every 30 days. So so obviously, right, you got the, the rabbit that symbolizes uh, life, obviously. And then you have an egg, right, that uh, holds holds life and also that's why we celebrate easter in the spring because spring is the the season of new things and of life and so and so i I gotta give props to the the holiday police or whoever it is decides what symbols get attached to what holidays whoever decided to put a polar bear drinking coke and connected it to christmas that guy um he got it halfway right because easter is a celebration of life but it's not just a celebration of life it's not just a celebration of life, because if it were, then we would just pack that holiday into that other holiday where we celebrate your life. You know, that one holiday that we, 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 we make cake and we get candles and you turn one year older. We would just, if it's a celebration of life and that's all it is, let's just pack it into your birthday. Come on, knock out two with one stone, right? We could even change the song. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you. Jesus died and was buried, and you'll die one day too. Like, you know, and just, and just kind of keep it, and so be grateful. You know, be grateful you got one more year, yeah, you know. Like, we could just switch it up, and but we don't, right? We don't. That's not how we celebrate Easter. Easter is not the holiday of giving things to people, because here's why. Here's why. Because uh, uh, Easter is not the day when we celebrate life, and it's not even the day when we celebrate that Jesus came back to life. It's the day we celebrate that Jesus lives, And there's a big difference. I know it sounds like a wordplay, but it's a big difference because when I celebrate the fact that Jesus came back to life, I'm looking backwards at what he did for me 2,000 years ago. But if I'm celebrating that Jesus is alive and living, then I'm looking forward to what he wants to do in my life today and tomorrow. And that's a big shift. And that's what I want you to know. That's what God wants for you. He wants to be in your today and in your tomorrow. And so we don't celebrate Easter like we do Christmas by giving gifts to people, right? That would be weird. Happy Easter. Here's a bunny. Dude, the fact that you caught that bunny and you are so muscular and strong is hilarious. That is your bunny. You keep it. Give it to your girl. Um, We don't celebrate Easter, right, by giving eggs, Happy Easter. That's that egg. Uh, It's hard boiled. I uh, I wouldn't have done that to you. Um, We don't. How do we celebrate Easter? We celebrate Easter by getting a whole bunch of eggs. Right? I'm totally going to step on one of these. And together with our family, we, we, begin to, we begin to go through the grass and we hunt and we pick up. And it's something we do together. And there's a message in this. And this is the message that Easter is not a moment to be remembered nor an event to be celebrated. It is an experience to be shared. It's not, I'm not here to tell you what Jesus did for you. I'm here to tell you what Jesus wants to do with you. What he wants to do with you. It's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 5. For if we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we shall certainly, certainly be united with Christ in a resurrection like his. You know what the key word there is? With. With. We didn't come to church on Easter Sunday to, to hear the story of, uh, of, of, of a life lesson of, of, of Jesus's Jesus is life? No, this is not a life lesson on Jesus. This is an invitation to come alive with Jesus. That's what Easter Sunday is about. Here's an easy way to remember it. Easter isn't a celebration, it's a collaboration. It's God grabbing you by the hand and saying, hey, you know what? Let's do this thing together. I'm so grateful that God wants to be in my life today and work with me in my life today. That We don't just come here out of, out of you know, just mere gratitude for what he did, but, but being invited into what he wants to do. And here's why I take this so personally, okay, because I grew up in church, uh, but not by choice. I was forced to go to church. Come on, I know that church has changed and culture has changed, but don't leave me hanging. Raise your hand if you were forced to go to church as a child. yeah. Some kids are raising their hand right now. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're like, dude, I don't want to be here. She told me something about eggs, and now you're talking, and you just catfished me like that. That's not cool. And, um, yeah, I was for You did not not go to church in my house. The only way you did it. like I, had, I laugh on the inside when parents tell. I say, where's your kid? They go, he didn't want to come. How old is he, six? What? I will not tell you how to parent your child, but what? My parents used to, you did not. Not go to church unless, unless you were either bleeding, some, some limb had been severed, or you were thrown up. Something had to be coming out of your body, essentially, in order for you to not um, be at church. But, and I don't know. I mean, it was good. I'm, I'm, I'm where I am, so I'm thankful for my parents, but, but, but I couldn't help but experience this. And I don't know if you can. As I grew up in church, it just felt like I was being forced the whole way. Then they told me that, you know, you need Jesus in your life because if not, you go to hell. And I'm like, well, great. Now I'm really forced to go. I don't want to go to hell, man, and, and, and I'm grateful, and listen, I'm, I'm grateful for the history lesson of what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago, but, but it wasn't helping me in my today, because it's exactly what it was, it was history, and so I was there feeling like I was there out of obligation, I have to come, because it's what my, my parents expect from me, it's what my social crowd expects from me, but my, and I was there because if not, I not want to go to hell, but it wasn't something I wanted, I wanted uh, uh, to, to do, because as great as the history of Jesus was, it wasn't helping me. They would tell me, Jesus turned water into wine. I'm like, awesome. But can somebody tell me how to turn girlfriends into wives? Because that's my issue. That's why I'm having trouble with. Where's the Bible verse on that one? Can someone help me in my today? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that he saved me from hell. But when I first heard the gospel, I was 14. I was not thinking about hell. Nobody thinks about hell at 14. You got other things going on in your life. And even as you get older, when I was 14, I wasn't worried about hell, I was worried about the test. And then I was 17, I wasn't worried about hell. I was worried if, whether or not I was going to get into that college. And then once I got in there, I was worried about whether or not I'd be able to pay for that college. And then once I, I got out, I was worried about whether or not I'd ever get married. And once I did, I was worried about whether or not we'd buy a house. And then once we bought a house, I got worried whether or not we'd be able to afford the house that we bought. We should have probably figured that out before we bought it. And then, and then, and then once, once that happened, then we got kids. And I don't even want to tell you about all the worries that came with the kids. They give you this human at the hospital with no booklet, (laughs) even when you buy a DVD player, they give you instructions, like, but no, they give you a human and they say, keep him alive, (laughs) with no tips, just keep him alive, this is how you change a diaper, okay, appreciate that, not helpful, Um, and then I'm sure when they grow up, I'm gonna be worried about whether or not they find good friends, and then I'll be worried about who they marry, and then I'll probably get so old, I'll be worrying about whether or not I'll have enough saved for retirement, and here's my point, I was so worried about what was going on right now, I didn't have time to really even think about all those other things. And so Christianity for me became something that just faded away into the background of my life. But here's when it all switched. We don't come to church out of obligation for the fact that Jesus gave us life, that he saved us from hell. Listen, we come to church out of, out of, out of desperation, out of, out of a want for what Jesus wants to do in our life today. Not not that he died 2,000 years ago, but that today he wants us to live the fullness of our life. Guys, that is my dream for you. If I want you to leave here understanding that this isn't about what happened in the Middle East you know, two millennia ago. This is about what God wants to do in your life right now. You're going through things. You've got situations in your life. I do too, and here's how great Jesus is. My resurrection, and he'll tell us this, my resurrection was not a resurrection in the past that we just pull inspiration from. It's a resurrection that we pull life from, like we live from it when he came back to life. We came back to life, and now we can live our lives to the fullest. This is my dream for you, that your dreams don't stay dreams, that your hopes don't just stay hopes, that everything you've ever wanted out of life, out of family, out of your job, out of, out of your home, out of your community, that you would receive all those things in abundance. But here's the deal. You'll never get that outside of Christ. And here's even better news. He wants to help you do that. I'm telling you, and if, you, if you're not really connected with Jesus Christ, then maybe you don't experience that. Maybe it's hard to believe. But just talk to some people who've been going to church. Last Sunday, it was hilarious. I died laughing. I, I, I didn't meet this woman, but I talked to this woman after service. She goes to our church. Been coming since day one. We love her. She's awesome. She said, Pastor, I got to tell you something. This is it's funny, but it's true. She said, Pastor, I got to tell you something. I said, what? She said, Pastor, on the Sundays that I come to church, I said, Yeah. She said, I tell all my friends at work. I said, what do you tell them? They don't believe me. I said, what do you tell them? I said, I tell them, but they don't believe me. I said, what do you tell them? She said, on the Sundays that I go to church? She said, yeah. She said, my food tastes better. She <laughs> said, like that. I told her, I said, can I have permission to share that story next Sunday? Because she said, my food tastes better. Come on, that's for somebody right there. You're, you can't cook. Your spouse can't cook. Get saved, okay? Uh, God's going to live with somebody that doesn't know how to cook. No. Listen, I can't promise you that your food will taste better, okay? God is not the, you know, the, 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 I'm trying to think of a chef and I can't think of a chef. The Boom, that guy. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, God is not the Gordon Ramsay of your life. He, does, he doesn't, just, but that's what he kind of wants to do. He wants to bring life to every aspect of you. He wants to bring life to every aspect of you. Hey, hey, mama, go that way. All right. It's actually my niece. Um, of course, it's your family. Uh. <laughs> He wants to bring life to every aspect of you. Can I tell you the truth? Listen, we didn't start a church six months ago because we wanted to get together in a room with people and sing songs. Hey, I love a party as much as as the next guy, but parties end. We wanted to to start a church because of Romans chapter eight, verse 11, the verse that we read. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to give life and not in every area in every area he wants to breathe life because some of us got some areas that can use some life come on somebody got some areas in our lives some maybe in our finances or maybe in our relationships or maybe at work and we've begun to here's how you know something's dying in your life you begin to settle you begin to tell yourself things like, it'll always be the way it is. Maybe I'll just always be poor. Maybe I'll always be living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe I'll never really have that love for my wife that I had when we were dating. Maybe I'll always be single. Maybe I'll always be sick. Maybe I'll always be broken. And maybe I'll always have that addiction. And we begin to settle in those lies. Let me tell you, it's those specific areas that God is promising to breathe life into. That's what he says right there in Romans 8, 11. Look what he says. He says, I will breathe life into your mortal life bodies. You know what mortal means? It means dead or dying. Any area of your life that is dead or dying, God wants to breathe life into. Now, I had to struggle a little bit this morning because I'm going to talk about death. I know we had kids in the audience. I didn't want to be like, you know, too deep for them, sad for them. They get all depressed and go home crying. But, you know, I thought kids already kind of know about death. I know my three-year-old does, Zane. Uh, He kind of took it to another level, Uh, though. um, He found out what death was recently, and I explained to him, and he was all freaking out about it. And I said, man, you don't got to be scared I told him, I said, man, when we die, I said, we go to heaven. He said, yeah. I said, yeah. And in heaven, you know, I just played to the kids. I'm like, there's cookies, there's movies, there's family, we'll be there. He's, he broke my heart. He said, my little brother will be there. I mean, if you don't know, his little brother passed away. He said, yeah, my little, my little brother will be there. He's like, oh, when I heard that. He's like, then he told me this, and I put him to bed. And he said, dad, thanks for talking to me. I said, awesome. He goes, dad. I go, yeah. He goes. I want to die. <laughs> I was like, um, I think we took this too far. Uh, I want to keep you. I want to keep you as long as we can. He said, "He said, but you know what? That's the crazy hope of a believer, right? That death for us is not what death is for other people. That before Christ, people used to look at death and shudder. But after Christ, we look at death and be like, come on, bring it. The best is yet to come. My best is ahead of me. My future is waiting for me. I'm ready. Let's go. Death changes. You know who Christ is. But I remember when death clicked for me, two things happened. First, I was a child. I was probably like 8 or 10 years old around that area. And the very first time I ever experienced death, I actually had a pet. Um, this is never before seen footage, by the way. My wife, who I've been married to you for eight years, this is the first time she ever saw this picture. I used to have a uh my mom, thanks for finding it. I used to have a cockatoo named Sammy. He was he was he was uh, I, I don't know, I must have been nine in that picture. Um I know what you guys are thinking. Really? You look like not much hasn't changed. Forget you, okay? Um forget you. Uh cockatoo named Sammy. I love that cockatoo. As you can tell, we were quite intimate. Um uh, had a good, healthy relationship. I, I loved him a lot. And uh, one day I came home and uh, Sammy wasn't in his cage. And I told my mom, I said, mom, I said, where's, uh, where's Sammy? You know how parents are. She wasn't ready to have that conversation. So she was like, Sammy flew away. <laughs> Which I was so bummed about. I'm like, oh man, Sammy flew away. And it didn't hit me until like a month later. Sammy's wings were clipped. <laughs> I was in the shower, like like 49 days later, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just, but they hit me. To this day, I don't know what happened to Sammy. I blame it on my sister. I'm pretty sure she murdered him. I'm pretty sure. She was always playing rough with him, but I'm pretty sure. No one will admit it to this day. Uh, that was that was, when, that was the first time I kind of... Interacted with death. The second time was—you uh, can take the picture off. The second time was actually when I became a pastor. Um, I was in a hospital room with this elderly couple, and it was—it 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 uh, was sad, and—and and it was sad, and it was moving at the same time. I don't know if you ever seen the movie *The Notebook*, but it was something similar to that. Both couples were kind of on their last kind of their last leg of life. They had been married. Listen to this—over 65 years. 65 years. They were in their 90s um, or 80s, and 90s, and um, they put both beds together. And uh, I was—we were there one day, and they're looking over at each other, holding hands, you know, praying for each other. They were—they used to be pastors too. And I remember seeing them, and it was like death, like the reality of death hitting me. I've seen it. But then the next day, um, the wife passed away. Um, The husband was still alive. Listen to me. He wakes up in the morning. He looks over; the bed is cleared. He asks the nurse, "Where's my wife?" She said, oh, um, in the middle of the night, she passed away. That night, he passed away. Here's why I share that story with you, not just to ooh and you, but I share that story to share what I learned about death in that day. Sometimes we die on the inside before we ever die on the outside. Sometimes our, before our muscles give out, our heart gives out. Sometimes before our health fades, our hope fades. Sometimes it's the inside death that really kills us, and I'm speaking to people today that, at, at least one area of your life, you've experienced some death, and, and you're wondering what can God do in me. I, there are things in me that are not working. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I've got this struggle. My family's falling apart. I've got this one thing going on. My finances are off, and I don't know what God can do. Well, well, first off, let me just give you some insight to that whole process and. Imagine for a moment, and I don't know how much time we have, but we can, we can, we can do this. Let me, let me get, a, where's Penelope and her mom? Let me get Penelope and her mom up here. I talked to them before service. I was going to use them. Penelope and Jenny, where are you at? Come on up real quick, guys. I'm sorry to rush you, but we're going to do this real quick. And, um, so Penelope, she's an amazing little girl. Jenny is her mom. Uh, Penelope is, Penelope, how old are you? Five. Five, okay. Penelope's five years old, and um, uh, Penelope lost her tooth recently, which is awesome, Congrats to you. This is the only stage in life where you congratulate people on losing their teeth, right? Every other, like, you're 50, you lose your teeth. It's depressing. But when you're five, good things are happening. Um, uh, She's also uh, started, I just love telling your story. She found out that the kids' ministry needed some new mats. And so her and her mom went home and started a nonprofit making chocolate, sold the chocolate and gave all the funds to buy mats for the kids' ministry. And so um, we have a, yeah, that's cool. You're awesome. Um, I wish our kids' ministry could take all the credit for that, but they honestly have amazing parents. So we're going to play a quick game, super quick, okay? I want you to, to pick up an egg, and I want you to open it, and whatever's inside is yours, okay? What's the matter? What's the matter? Is it empty? I'm so sorry. Let me take that one away from you. Um, pick up that one right there, Penelope. Yeah, hey, whatever's inside is yours, okay? Okay? What's in there, Penelope? Nothing. You know, they say the third time is a charm. Jesus came alive on the third day. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to guess it's maybe a red one or a purple one or a, you know what? Here. I have a good feeling about this one, Penelope. Open that one up. Whatever's inside is yours. You're so neat. My kid would have just threw it. Uh, what's in there? You know what? You're a pretty smart young girl. What do you think about all the eggs on this floor? What do you think? Do you think they're all full or do you think they're all empty? empty. You think they're all empty? And I bet you think that because the first three you picked up were empty too, right? Guys, give it up for Penelope real quick. And I promise you, we have candy for you in the back. So this was not torture. She's got a reward coming. I needed to to use Penelope and I needed to use a small little beautiful cute girl because that's how a lot of us feel. I mean, ladies feel. Uh, Guys, you know, there's a small little tough kid in there and, and here's the deal. Listen, here's the deal. Sometimes in life, listen, we pick up an egg and we hope that it'll have something for us, but it doesn't. So we pick up another and we pick up another. And then if enough failure is experienced in your life, if enough emptiness is experienced in your life, eventually you just throw it all down. You say, you know what? I don't think there's anything here. And so I'm going to just leave and I'm going to just give up because I have experienced enough failure to believe that failure is lying ahead of me for the rest of my life. I want to tell you something, when the devil wants to kill you, and he does, he does not send an assassin, he does not send a plague, kids, he doesn't send a monster. When the devil wants to take your life, he lays out empty eggs. He lays out empty eggs, and he lets you chase it, and he lets you pursue it, thinking that in the next one will be it, and the next one will be it, and eventually you give up, and that giving up of hope, that is the death that happens to every single one of us, but I got good news. What the devil meant to destroy you is actually what God's going to use to build you up. You know why? You know why? You know why? You know why? Because when you're tired of looking down, you start looking up. I don't think it's here. I've, I've 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 tried the relationships; it didn't work. I, I got the promotion, and I'm still kind of failing. And, and you know what? I finally got that six pack, and I could have sworn, I could have sworn that when I had that thing, I was gonna be. But now I'm just now now I'm just trying to keep it, and I was harder than trying to get it. And so now I don't know what to do. Every egg, maybe it's not down there. Maybe the reason why they're all empty is so that God would lift your head so you can look up to the one who has the thing that you've been looking for all along. Hey, here's how Paul put it. Here's how Paul put it. I love how Paul put it. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 7, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. Worthless. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything. Piece of junk, it's nothing. I've discarded them all, counting them all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I wanna know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Hear this, you gotta hear this because this is where it comes together. I wanna suffer with him, sharing in his what? Sharing in his death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Here's the part that we focus on: experience the resurrection. Everybody's like, that's what I want. I want to experience the resurrection. Come on, I'm tired of being broke. I want to experience the resurrection. I'm tired of not having no air conditioning in my car. I want to experience the resurrection. I'm tired of my family members being crazy. I want to experience the resurrection. But you know why? You can't experience the resurrection unless you first share in his death. Here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. You thought you were disqualified from the resurrection because you died. But the thing you thought disqualified you was actually a prerequisite. That's a good place to say amen. the thing you thought that disqualified you from God's goodness and God's resurrection power in God's life, that thing you thought he can never do it in me because I got too many empty eggs lying around, too many empty eggs. He would never do it in my life. God says, are you kidding? That doesn't disqualify. In fact, I needed you to go through that so that I can bring you here. You can't get resurrected if you don't experience death. So stop looking at the dead things in your life as a curse, or the dead things in your life as, as you, the devil and the dead. Yeah, okay. Sometimes the devil does that, but you know what? God allowed it so that when it finally happened, you would look up and say, "Oh, you alone, huh? You are the one that had the secret. You are the one that had the power. You are the one that had the life." Yep, Him, and Him alone. Do you want to experience resurrection this morning? Do you want to come to life for your tomorrow? And for, and, for your, and for your for your next week and for your next month. Then here, let me encourage you. This is how you do it. Ready? One word. This is how you come alive. This is how you experience resurrection. This is how the dead things get cleared out. One word. Jesus. Jesus. And, and if you're not a Christian, this is, I'm glad you're here. We actually built this church for people who weren't Christians. We wanted to share the, we, we believe Jesus should be accessible to anyone, regardless of your background or what religion you grew up in. It, it, this is where a lot of people who didn't grow up in church, even people who did get lost or confused, but I want these things. What do you mean he has these things? How is resurrection a person? How is resurrection what, what brings me to life? How, I don't understand how. Tell me what to do. Don't tell me who. But it's not a what to do. And it is a who. And here's how I uh, explain that to you. I used to be an intern at a church in South Carolina and um, we uh, had this big Easter egg drop and I was so excited because I also had a ministry in the children's, uh, children's ministry in the trailer park. You know, two little girls who absolutely had stolen my heart. Two little beautiful girls. Their names were, like straight out of a comic book, their names were Pee Pee and Choo Choo <laughs> were their names. That's how you know I'm not making it up. It's just for real. And, we, and, I would, and every Saturday... We would do this uh, ministry called Little Rascals, right? Charlie was there with us. We did this ministry called Little Rascals. And we'd go out into the trailer park and we'd put on this amazing event for all these kids. And so we'd put on this event, and every Saturday, Pee Pee and Choo Choo would come out. Well, one Saturday, we found out when we knocked on the door to get Pee Pee and Choo Choo that her father had left their family. And he was the only provider for the home. And He had left. Pee Pee and Choo Choo were now living with their mom. Mom didn't know how long they would even be able to keep Pee Pee and Choo Choo because she didn't have the money. She was thinking about giving her kids up. But we invited them to our Easter egg drop. And I told Pee Pee and Choo Choo, um, because my heart went out to them. And I had seen them accept Christ in our ministry, give their lives to Jesus. Which, by the way, your kid is not too young uh, to make a decision to follow Christ. I really believe that. Um, I told Pee Pee and Choo Choo, I said, hey, when you get to the church, I said, find me. Find me. She said, why? I said, just find me. What they didn't know is that there were probably 2,000 eggs on the floor. But there was 10 golden eggs. And the golden egg was important because the golden egg said, whoever finds the golden egg gets a bike. We had 10 bikes that were donated by a local toy store. And so I talked to my, my pastor and made sure he was all right with it. And I told him the situation at PP and Chu. I said, hey, can you give me one golden egg? I got somebody who really needs this, needs some good news in their life. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I took a golden egg. And when PP and Choo Choo came to the egg drop, if you didn't know them, you knew something was up. Because the moment the bus doors opened. Have you ever seen an egg hunt? It is straight up chaos. Just flood. As soon as they opened the bus, all the little kids. Ah, 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 ah just madness, madness. Now Pee-Pee and Choo Choo. Pee-Pee and Choo Choo come out the bus looking like geez, just coming out, just <laughs> looking at the other kids like silly rabbit. Easter eggs are for kids. If you'd have asked them, if you'd have asked them, why are you so calm? Why you not running around like everybody else? Why you not counting your eggs? You know what they told you? I know somebody. They told you. They said, "I know somebody, and he made me a promise." He said that if I came to him and asked him that he will give me the thing everyone else is hunting for. He'd just give it to me. He'd just give it to me. The rest of the kids, they hunting. They're running down, chasing, fighting, biting, scratching, kicking. Not me, why? Because I got a promise I'm holding on to. I promise. And I know some of y'all thinking. You know what some of y'all thinking? Because you're bad people. <laughs> so what are you thinking? You're thinking, that's not fair. There are other kids who deserved it. There are other kids who sweated. There are other kids who were looking for that golden egg. But you know what? The cross wasn't fair either. Come on, somebody, you and I, we deserve hell. Look at the choices we've been making in our lives. We're not good people. Every time we try to be good, we get messed up. But Jesus did the most unfair thing. He died for us in our place and came to us and said, stop hunting, stop searching. Here's the life you want. I've got it. Just come to me. Ask me. You know somebody. And all of hell and every demon and devil is pointing at heaven and saying, But that's their third marriage, but they're divorced and he's struggling. And you know what Jesus does? So what? So what? So what? And you know what his answer to the devil is? I know him. I Know him and he knows me. We're in a relationship. So get behind me. I know it's not fair I broke the rules when I stepped out of heaven and took his place on the cross. That's okay. That's okay. All you got to do is come to me. I want you to come to Jesus today. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what Jesus said. Look at John 11, chapter 11, verse 25. He said, yeah, I don't offer resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am it and the life. And whoever believes in me, believes, will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's the question I have for you.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.